0: Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, When God Shakes Things Up. And our text is from Acts, the 16th chapter, the 22nd through the 34th verses. Now, this is a rather long scripture, but I think it's a good story. So let's listen. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, And everyone's chains came loose. I'm going to stop right there, but you should read the rest of this story. It goes on for a few more verses. But at that point, everyone's chains were shaken loose. What a story. What a story. It had been a productive journey for Paul, the second missionary expedition into the northern part of Greece, He had traveled through the Roman province of Macedonia into the key city of Philippi, where he would eventually found a church. Ultimately, this trip, which introduces Christianity into Europe, tells the story of how the growing church began to change the world. You see, because Paul's journey is the church's journey. It was here where Paul met the young man who would become his loyal protege, Timothy, This other young missionary, Silas, mentioned in the text, joins him here in his travels and serves as a writing secretary recording the experiences. Paul's preaching led to the conversion of many, including an influential businesswoman named Lydia who chose to support his ministry. So you see, this was an important trip for Paul. Everything was falling into place until he and Silas ran into this slave girl with the demonic spirit who followed the group wherever they went, screaming, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Now she was speaking the truth, but she represented Satan. If Paul let her go on, his sermons would appear to be connected to demons. You see, truth and evil never mix. Paul healed her of her demons, but that led to more problems. It made her owners mad, because they could no longer make money off this woman. So they had Paul... And Silas thrown into prison and what had been a productive journey now seemed to turn problematic what had been a good day now seemed to turn bad verse 22 the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods after they'd been severely flogged they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully So when he received those orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. I mean, this was in a hole in a prison. This is deep in the prison bowels. And then having your feet fastened into stocks. You are incarcerated. You are bound up. You are in jail. Deprivation, degradation, chains, isolation. Prison was not a new experience for Paul. He He had spent many of his five years behind bars, but make no mistake about it, it was not what he wanted. This was a part of the struggle that came with building the church, part of the sacrifice that came with following Christ. But instead of complaining and crying through the night, like some of us might have done, Paul focused on what he was called to do. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. The other prisoners were listening to them. They were worshiping, and that's when something extraordinary happened. An earthquake hit, a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now, I don't know about you, but I've actually been in an earthquake, and this is an unforgettable experience. Imagine what's happening here. The earthquake is the point in the story that bears close examination. You see, because in the structure of this plot, this is the turning point. This is the point when God steps in. So, just for a few minutes, I want to examine this point when God shakes things up. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on giving. Thank you. God bless you. We're talking today about that point when God shakes things up. There are countless examples of divine disruption in biblical lives, painful, destructive shakeups. The Bible tells us God sent the plague into Egypt, the floods during Noah's time. The book of Jonah tells us about how God hurled a storm, a destructive storm, into the sea. This idea of God stepping into history that actually can destroy life is a touchy point for Christians because we always want to figure out why would a good God cause bad things to happen. Uh, There is always a struggle in this journey. But I think struggling with the text is part of the journey. And I've decided that part of the answer of why a good God causes bad things to happen is that we live in a fallen world, a world that by nature is as unredeemed as humans are, where good and evil collide all the time. Bad things happen. But how does that square with a loving God, a God that Paul assures us is sovereign, well, I believe that God is in control. I think there's absolutely nothing that happens in the universe that is outside of God's authority. And, and Paul wrote this too. God created all things and holds all things together, both visible and invisible. God can do exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine. So why does God shake things up? Well, there could be thousands of reasons known only to God. But here's what I think. I think God shakes things up sometimes to get our attention. Otherwise we wouldn't have an idea what was going on. And I think sometimes God shakes things up to turn us around. Now those are just two of my theories and there are probably hundreds or thousands more, but I want to focus on those. Remember Paul's conversion story back when his name was Saul? He was on his way to persecute and kill Christians on the road to Damascus when God shook up Paul's entire world. That blinding light and the spirit of the risen Lord, that experience turned Saul completely around, headed him in a brand new direction. You see, that's what Jesus does. God gets your attention sometimes to turn you around and head you in the right direction. That means there are things, though, that you have to do. Saul becomes Paul, and now his life has changed, but now it's on Paul to be open to the living spirit of God. You see, once God turns your life around, you are now to grow in your relationship with God. And Paul believed that that took some discipline that that wasn't just random, that wasn't just helter-skelter, that God did most of the work, but there was something that Paul had to do. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9, run the race and discipline your body. Philippians three fourteen. press on toward the goal to win the goal of the prize of the high calling of Christ. Paul was always about the discipline of his faith. He was always about growing spiritually. Again, God does most of that through the Holy Spirit, but we have to be open to growth. This is never a plateau to faith. So, how is that growth, Reverend Liz? What do we do? Well, we stay in fellowship, we go to church, we study the word. And the most important thing I want to tell you about this morning, today, is to pray. You got to pray, you got to keep on praying. That's what Paul was doing that night in prison with Silas. They were worshiping Christ. They were singing hymns, and they were praying. Now, if you know anything about the life and ministry of Paul, you know he didn't just pray when he got in trouble. Paul made prayer a lifestyle. It consumed him. He wrote to all the churches, I keep you in my prayers. He reminded the Philippians, Don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request To God. Prayer is an imperative because it speaks to our total dependence on God. Prayer can change things. Some people say it only changes people, but I believe prayer can change everything. About midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners are listening to them, and suddenly there's a violent earthquake that shakes the foundations of the prison. It's important to note that God's earthquake struck that prison at midnight. You see, midnight in the world's context is a time of darkness and blindness, not necessarily a time of productivity, even in this 24-7 technologically sound world. Midnight is still the dark side, but in context of God's timing, midnight is different. It's not only the moment when one day ends and another begins, it's a turning point when a situation, a dilemma, a circumstance can completely change. Midnight, the second watch in the Bible, is often that point, that instance when darkness and hope intersect, when chaos can turn to creativity, when a night's weeping can turn to morning joy. But it all happens after a shake-up. So my message for you this morning is that God can shake things up in your life and you might be lost for just a moment. You might be confused and you don't know which way is up, but just hold on to God and, and pray and worship God because this earthquake struck the prison and all the prison doors opened and everybody's chains came loose. When God shakes things up, what may seem like the end can be a new beginning. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116.